This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. Part 5 of the Dynasty Summer Stock Report Series. Uh, Today, I'm going to be talking about the AFC East. I will be discussing every relevant offensive skill player, sharing my thoughts, stock up, stock down, stock neutral. Who is someone I'd recommend buy, sell, hold? You know, maybe a guy who in redraft or best ball, you know, I see value in terms of one year, but more importantly talking about the dynasty picture here it gives us an opportunity here at saturday to sunday to kind of you know spread our wings a little bit and share our thoughts about all these guys in the nfl where we mostly predominantly focus on college players making the transition to the nfl following them for year one this is an opportunity where we can kind of you know share our thoughts with our you know regular loyal listeners about all prospects about all players in the NFL guys who've been through the whole draft process with us who are now years into the NFL or guys who've been in the NFL for long times and are veterans and are guys that we never talked about here really a Saturday or Sunday, except in the big picture of maybe a roster or a team or a depth chart or something like that. So if you've been missing any of these, uh, the first four parts of this series have all released. I went through every single division in the NFC. I started with the East, then I went to the North, then the South, and then the West. And I'll be doing the same thing here in parts five through eight, kicking it off here with part five with the AFC East. Again, I'll just go in alphabetical order. So let's get right into it and start with the uh, Buffalo Bills I'm going to say right now, I still think stock up on Josh Allen. And anyone who follows me on Twitter, anyone who listens to the podcast regularly, knows that Saturday Sunday has been a pro Josh Allen fan club since he since the pre-draft process. We thought he had the skill set to warrant going top 10. We think he we thought he was unjustifiably criticized before the draft because people were just honing in on the negatives and not the big picture. And since his time in the NFL, he already has shown the ability to translate and win the same way he won in college. His size, his frame, his arm talent, his keeping plays alive, his competitive toughness, his rushing ability, his play strength. That all translated immediately. So now it's about harnessing his game. It's about showing growth and development. He's already proved he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, depending on the growth and development, does he end up being a top 10 guy? Does he hover in that mid-range? Or does he become a low-tier starter? That's to be determined. And when I argue about him on Twitter and defend him, it's because so many people still refuse to give him credit for something that they didn't think they could eat, that he would even be able to do. Most of his critics said he was not going to translate to the NFL. And by that, that means they had long-term concerns about whether or not he would ever be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He has already proved those critics wrong. He has been a starter for two years. He led a team to the playoffs last year. If you watched his national game against Dallas on Thanksgiving, he was fantastic. If you watched the first half of the playoff game, he was fantastic. Yes, he had some bumps along the way in the second half of that playoff game. He's not a finished product yet, and I never argued that he is a finished product. But his game is already translated. His fantasy production is brutal 
through the roof because his short yardage goal line rushing touchdown potential. He's Cam Newton 2.0. People seem to have forgotten exactly about Cam Newton's statistical seasons for most of his career. He's never been a guy who hovered around that 60% and was a very accurate quarterback. He only had a couple seasons above that. I think Josh Allen very similarly makes up for his his areas of weakness with his areas of strength and going above and beyond his playmaking ability. I still think he's devalued in in fantasy, whether it's dynasty, whether it's redraft, whether, you know, it's best ball. I still think, you know, maybe in best ball, people are a little bit more willing because of the high upside that he has. But I think in dynasty, people still are waiting for the other shoe to drop and think that he's going to fail miserably and not, not be a starter. So I think I would still aggressively go buy him, especially in leagues at four points for a passing touchdown. I think he's even more valuable. He went out and got him weapons now and Stefan Diggs. I think Dawson Knox will take a step up. Up this year and be a more a more productive player. So I'm still buying and I still think stock up on Josh Allen. At the running back position, I think stock down on Devin Singletary. I've talked about him a lot. Was never that high on him pre-draft because to me, he's not a goal line or short yard runner and he's not a very good pass catcher. He's a serviceable pass catcher. So I thought he was going to be a between the 20s type runner. And with this team, Last year, you saw Frank Gore get a lot of carries inside the goal line. I think this year, same thing. They drafted someone who I'll get to in a minute. He's going to steal a lot of the short yardage and goal line work. And then Josh Allen is going to take a lot of the touchdowns, very similar to what Cam Newton did in all his peak years in Carolina. So I think stock down on Devin Singletary, I would be recommending to sell him if people are still valuing him as a mid or low RB2. I think I'd rather get out now because I think – the rookie in Zach Moss, who I'm not super high on, but I think there's just a, I think it's almost an equal 50 50 split in terms of long term who has more value between them. I think they're going to form a committee. I think Zach Moss is going to be the guy who's get more likely to see the short yardage and goal line work. Uh, and I think they probably could both do a little bit of receiving and be functional in the past game. So I really don't want part of Devin Singletary at his cost. I think Zach Moss as a late second round rookie pick is okay. I think Zach Moss in best ball or redraft is an interesting, you know, RB5 type because I do think there could be a way for him to push his way into the picture of being some fancy viability this year. So I'd much rather Zach Moss at his cost than Devin Singletary. And I think I'd want to get out on Devin Singletary now in Dynasty before his value, I think, will take a big hit in the Dynasty picture as soon as this season starts, uh, and especially when people see how much Zach Moss is going to be utilized. Uh, you know, so for me, Joe Dolan, you know, Fantasy Points was a guest on here, you know, about a month ago or so. He talked about, you know, a source that he had that w- that said that they love Zach Moss. So to me, get out on Devin Singletary now, right? Talked about Zach Moss, no other running backs there worth our time. If we turn to the wide receivers, I think it's I think it's about stock down on Stefan Diggs because of the offense he's going to in terms of maybe the volume. But last year he was in an t- offense that didn't pass a lot. But I actually think while his stock is down, I think there's actually an opportunity to buy Stefan Diggs in Dynasty. I think he's in that tw- wide receiver 20 to 25 range. He's still really young, and I think he's way more talented than the than than a lot of guys who are ahead of him in dynasty rankings. And people's hatred of Josh Allen is pushing him down further than it should, just because of the concerns about a, a, a the lack of pass volume in this offense. I think last year John Brown was a top twenty wide receiver with Josh Allen in this offense. I think Stephon Diggs is going to be a top twenty wide receiver again, and he costs less than that. And for some people, they're really willing to get out on Stephon Diggs, and you could even get him at a better value than that. 
I think John Brown, it's impossible not to say stock down because Stefan Diggs is now there. I also do think his value in Dynasty has plummeted. So I also think he's a decent Dynasty buy and he's an, he's an ideal wide receiver four type. Uh, and you know, right now in, in Dynasty, I think he's probably being valued around that. I don't think he's being valued above that, but I bet a lot of people are willing to get out on John Brown. I still think he could be a wide receiver for with some wide receiver three weeks, even with Stefan Diggs there because of his big playability. I think Cole Beasley, you know, he, I don't think he has much value left now, you know, maybe in PPR leagues, he's a wide receiver six, seven type. I would get rid of him if you had an offer and, and could get anything for him. I brought up Dawson Knox before. I think he is a stock neutral. Uh, and I do, as much as I like the player and think he's going to bring real life fantasy value, he would not be a guy I'm recommending to buy. If anything, even though I think I like the player, I'm not sure there's going to be consistent tight end production in this offense. So I maybe would look to sell him if somebody's kind of excited about maybe a second year breakout, his overall athleticism. Again, like the player, just don't know if it's going to turn into consistent fantasy production. And in a year that the rookie tight end class was very suspect, somebody might be interested in a Dawson Knox that I wouldn't be opposed to getting out on him now and hope that, that someone who's buying him is thinking he's going to have a breakout this year or next. As much as I like the player, I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. So I think I'd be willing to move on. If we take this to the next team in the AFC East, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, they drafted Tua to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not a lot to say about Tua. My thoughts are well known on that. I think he, you know, besides the fact that I think people are not realizing that he's not really a runner. And I think people, some people are looking at him and thinking he's a big time runner. I think he could scramble and be mobile like a Russell Wilson, but I don't think he's a runner in any capacity like any of those guys. Uh, I think he's mostly going to win from the pocket and throw and play off structure, but by playing off structure, I think it's going to be more with his arm and buying time moving around and throwing on the run than him taking off and running. I don't think that's going to be a big part of his game at the NFL level is him rushing. It was a big part of his game at Alabama. Ryan Fitzpatrick, obviously no value unless he continues to remain the starter for the first quarter or half a season uh, in maybe two quarterback leagues. You know Ryan Fitzpatrick will throw the ball around the football, uh, throw the football around the field uh, and and accumulate stats, obviously, uh, in the meantime uh, from there. If we continue moving forward here, the running back position, Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, I don't want any of them on my roster. I think stock down on both of them. Uh, maybe if you need a one-year stopgap, I'm okay with Jordan Howard. But for Dynasty, I don't think either of these guys are long-term, you know, top 24 type running backs. So if you're looking for a running back three, four type, okay. I'd actually hope that one of them kind of seizes the job early. And if you own them, you kind of sell them and get out of that uh, and move on to, you know, a a different player who's got a little bit more long-term value. I like Matt Breida's pure athleticism and running ability better. I think Jordan Howard's more of a plotter, but he's got more production, less injury prone. Uh, So I do think both of those guys, I'm I'm saying stock down. I'm saying sells on both of them. If anybody's excited about them and is looking in a very short-term window and and sees production for these guys, I would try to sell them second-round rookie pick, third-round rookie pick, uh, get them off my roster, accumulate a young asset or a draft pick, uh, because I don't think a lot of those guys have long-term fantasy viability. If we turn to the wide receiver position, I think stock neutral on Devontae Parker closed out the year uh, with a fury last year. 
Uh, I'm not sure they're going to see as much volume in terms of just overall pass volume. I don't think that's how Brian Flores wants to play. Uh, Once they build up that defense, I think you'll still see a lot of targets. But if you look at the splits between Devontae Parker playing with Preston Williams and without, it really, the numbers, you know, really skyrocket in terms of opportunities and targets with Preston Williams injured. Preston Williams coming back from a serious injury. But I think he's the guy who I think, while his stock is neutral or down, whatever you want to say, coming back from an injury, he'd be the guy at his cost that I'd want to buy right now. He'd be a sneaky guy who, if he shows that he can come back from his injury, could develop into a wide receiver three, four type. And I think he's being valued less than that right now at the moment in dynasty. So I would say recommend buying Preston Williams, even though his stock is probably neutral or down right now, coming off of a major injury. Devontae Parker, I think is stock neutral. If someone thinks the end of the season last year is, is what Devontae Parker is going to be moving forward. I'd probably be a little suspect about that. And if I could sell really high on him, I'd be willing to sell high on him. But like I said, I think both of them could be very productive uh, with Tua. You know, and in the short term, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Just don't think Devontae Parker is going to be as good as he was down the stretch last year. At the tight end position, I think... You know, I think Mike Gusecki is probably stock neutral. You know, right now, you know, with the health of Preston Williams, you know, if he comes back healthy, you know, Mike Gusecki really finished the year as option number two in the past game. Does he take a step back into option number three? But he'd be a guy that I'd be buying. I think his value right now is more of a, you know, low tight end one, high tight end two. He'd be a guy that I'd want to get on my roster. I buy into athleticism, really impacting the tight end position. And I think he's a guy that, yeah, took a little time, but I think he's a guy who could become a very good fantasy, productive pass catching tight end. So I'd look to buy Mike Gusecki. Uh, if we keep this going and take this to uh, the New England Patriots, Right now, I'd say stock uncertain on Cam Newton. We really don't know anything about uh, his uncertainty because of his injuries. We don't know long-term where he's going to be. We don't know what New England's really going to ask of him. I'd probably put him in the mid to high QB2 range in terms of dynasty redraft best ball right now and just a very steady approach. Even if he's really good, I don't think that's a guarantee that New England keeps him next year. They might have different plans. We don't really know. Um, so a lot of uncertainty with Cam Newton. Uh, obviously stock down on Jared Stidham because Cam is there. But I also think this could be you can get Jared Stidham for dirt cheap right now. Like maybe like last round of a rookie draft if you have a, somewhere to stash him. I don't know if them bringing in Cam Newton on a very minimal you know, price one-year deal means that they're not fans of Jared Stidham. It might mean that they thought Jared Stidham needed two or three years to develop into that, kind of like what they thought about Jimmy Garoppolo way back when, and they just weren't ready yet to hand the reins to him. So I think Stidham could be a cheap dynasty buy right now and just kind of stash him away and see what happens there. So that's interesting. At the running back position, I'm out on all of them. Stock down on Sony Michelle, stock down on James White, uh, stock down on Rex Burkhead. The one guy I would say stock neutral is Damian Harris, and he'd be the one guy that for if he's relatively cheap, I'd be willing to buy Damian Harris. If it meant like a third round rookie pick based on the running backs going in round three, I'd buy him and just kind of see, you know, what the, the future holds for him because we haven't really seen him. They obviously invested a top 100 pick. They liked him. We don't know about Sony Michelle's health long-term. 
that looks like a bad pick. You know, it looked like a bad pick back when it first happened. It looks like even a worse pick now in hindsight that they wasted a first-round pick on Sony Michelle, uh, who just has not been the same player as what we saw in college. So he just looks slower, less athletic, not a factor in the past game, all things that we thought he was going to have an impact in. He just hasn't. So right now I'd say stock down on Sony Michelle. I'm looking to sell, uh, definitely not buying James white. I know we saw Cam Newton have success at the back end of his Carolina Panther, you know, regime with Christian McCaffrey. I just don't know what all these running backs on the roster. If James white's, James, the connection and chemistry James White had with Tom Brady, you know, was perfect. So I'm not sure I'm going to buy James White or want to get him on my roster expecting that. So I don't think we know exactly what the Patriots are going to do. You know, so going from Tom Brady to anybody, even Cam Newton, uh, I think is stocked down on James White. He would not be a guy I'm looking to buy. If somebody still looks at him as an RB2 in PPR, I'd definitely be willing to sell. Rex Burkett, we just don't know. He's, a, he's like a jack of all trades. I don't see fantasy viability. I love the player, to be honest with you. A different team and a different roster. I think he could be RB three in fantasy in BPR leagues. Uh, I just don't think we'll ever see that uh, with the Patriots. If we go to the wide receiver position, uh, I don't think there's any way. While I've never been a big fan of Nikhil Harry, I don't think there's any way to slice it. I think it's stock up playing with a guy like Cam Newton. Cam Newton has had success with bigger, more physical wide receivers. Cam had some success with Calvin Benjamin, with Devin Funches. He's willing to put the ball up and let his receivers go make a play. That's kind of Nikhil Harry's specialty, to be honest with you. I talked about it last year that I had concerns about him playing with Tom Brady, who's not that kind of player. So I think I think stock up on Nikhil Harry, but I'd still, I would be very lukewarm. I wouldn't sell him at this point. I'd be more intrigued to see what happens, but I wouldn't actively be going to buy Nikhil Harry. I think he's a great pick as a wide receiver six in best ball leagues or in redraft leagues to kind of see what happens. Cause I could, you could see a lot of target and opportunity there in new England. Uh, but he would not be a guy that I'm actively going to buy. Cause I still think the name brand carries his dynasty value more than what I think he's going to be. So, I mean, he was a lot of people's wide receiver one after the draft last year. He was not my wide receiver one. He, you know, he wasn't my wide receiver one pre-draft. He was in that five, six range. And that's where I still had him after the draft. I know in, you know, my longest, one of my longest, uh, you know, standing dynasty leagues, I took Nicole Hardman and, you know, uh, Debo Samuel ahead of him. And that was not something a lot of people were doing in rookie drafts, but it just showed you I had my questions about Nikhil Harry. But I do think the opportunity is there now. Mohamed Sanu, I don't, I think his viability for fantasy has passed. Uh, if he gets off to a decent start, I would sell him as quickly as possible. If I'm a rebuilding team, I trade him for anything I can get. Uh, Julian Edelman is going to be interesting because he's a guy that you don't really know how he's going to mesh with Cam Newton, but the way, you know, Cam Newton kind of hit Greg Olson on a lot of those targets is that Julian Edelman in this offense. So in between the hash marks, you know, those slot targets that so many of them went to Greg Olson in the Carolina offense, you know, does Julian Edelman still get, you know, a, a decent percentage of the target opportunity, but there's no way the chemistry that Julian Edelman had with Tom Brady, you know, was locked in. You knew you seven, eight catches was almost the minimum. I don't see that being the case. So I think stock down and I think dynasty sell, even with Cam Newton there, uh, it's going to be 
interesting to see. I think he might be serviceable in redraft and best ball this year, but I think the days of a, a PPR wide receiver two are gone from Julian Edelman. It doesn't cost you that right now. Uh, I think he's more of a wide receiver three, four in PPR leagues uh, with Cam Newton. At the tight end position, mostly rookies, uh, my thoughts on Devin Asiasi are well-known. I'm intrigued by him. I think he could become the most complete tight end from this rookie class. Uh, and then Dalton Keene is interesting. So in the late in a rookie draft, I'd still recommend going out and get Dalton Keene as well. If we finish things off with the New York football Jets, uh, I'm going to say stock neutral on Sam Darnold. Uh, I still think there is talent there, but I am not as ready and willing to go invest and buy in that because I'm not sure Adam Gates is the, the, the coach to get it out of him. And I think he's gotten a free pass these two years. The, the pass that guys like uh, Josh Allen doesn't get, Sam Darnold does get. Every excuse is made for Sam Darnold. Josh Allen's been a better NFL pro quarterback right now. Uh, but the only reason people don't say that is because they like Sam Darnold better coming out and they, and they build in excuses for him. The lack of playmakers, the offensive line, all of that's true. Uh, but I do think Sam Darnold's had two years free pass basically in terms of criticism. I still think he could be a good NFL quarterback. I don't know if when I, when he was coming out, I thought he had a chance to be great. I don't know if I see great anymore. I think I could see good to very good still, uh, but he still, I think, is is a year away from maybe even living up to that it, with the Jets. I think he needs a better scheme, a better coach, better skill makers around him, and for sure that offensive line to continue to develop. Hope a couple of their rookies they drafted pan out. Uh, I think a lot of things still need to be put in place before Sam Darnold is a top 12, top 15 type quarterback in fantasy football. Le'Veon Bell stocked down. Adam Gase doesn't like him. They they signed a aging old Frank Gore, who you know is going to get some work. I think they could possibly trade Le'Veon Bell, which could be best for his value if, if a team suffers a running back injury and then trades for Le'Veon Bell. I don't think there's any guarantee Le'Veon Bell. I'd almost expect him not to be on the Jets next year. So then what happens? He's probably going to sign for a significantly cheap deal to go to another team. How much is he going to be locked in? Last year, we knew they were going to force feed Levy on the ball almost to almost because of the contract. This year, I think less so. Uh, but I still think with the Jets, he'll still get a pretty decent, you know, workload. But long term, I don't know what to think of Le'Veon Bell. This could be his last year that he's really viable in fantasy. And even this year, I think he's more of a wide uh, RB2-3. I think the days of RB1 potential are are gone. So I'm not sure what to think of Le'Veon Bell. I think stock down, he would not be a guy I'm looking to buy. I'd probably see if I could still sell him on name name brand alone and see if someone could slightly overpay uh, based on what his value is. At the wide receiver position, Brashad Perryman, I think is stock down. He was in an offense at the end of the year last year uh, with the Bucs, which was just taking a lot of vertical shots down the field, uh, you know, and he was he was really, uh, you know, doing well. It was, you know, it was something that, you know, he was finally living up to some of that upside uh, that we thought years ago when he was drafted in the first round that he could have. Um, so I do think it, it was kind of interesting to kind of see uh, – that he ended up with the Jets. He's replacing Robbie Anderson. There's target there, but I think stock down based on Jameis Winston was just one that throw the ball over the football field. So I think a little bit of stock down, even though you might see more target opportunity, I'm not sure that's what Adam Gase and, and Sam Darnold's game plan is going to be to take a lot of vertical shots. We saw inconsistency with, with Robbie Anderson there, who I think is a better overall player than Brashard Perryman. If he comes really cheap, maybe you buy him as a wide receiver, six 
or so in Dynasty. I'm okay with that. Obviously, they drafted Denzel Mims, who, you know, with everything going on right now, lack of an offseason, uh, it might take him a little bit to hit the ground running, but I could see him, you know, developing into that long-term vertical threat there. Uh, so he's a guy. Jamison Crowder, I think stock up on Jamison Crowder because they didn't get any other veteran who I think is going to command a heavy target share. I think Jamison Crowder is going to be peppered with targets. So he's an interesting dynasty buy. He's still young. People, I feel like he's been around a while, but he's still a relatively really young player who I think could still be an 80, 90 catch guy in the, in the right offense. And I think that's probably what you're going to get this year. So if you buy him as a wide receiver four or five and you get 85, 90 catches this year, you know, that's, that's going to hold some value. You probably could then trade him for more than what you even paid for him at the end of the season. If you think then long term, there's some concerns about it at the tight end position. I'm I'm I, I'm saying stock up and a buy on Christopher Herndon. I think he can develop into maybe the number two pass option after Jamison Crowder this year. Uh, you know, I think probably Crowder, Le'Veon Bell, and Herndon are going to be the three guys that probably get the most receptions on this roster. I think he could develop. He's going as like a late tight end two. I think he could be a, a, a late tight end one, high tight end two this year. And he's costing very cheaply in, in all formats. So I'd get him and recommend buying him on my roster. So there it is, guys. Every My thoughts on every relevant skill player from the AFC East. Again, if you're enjoying these, please rate, review, and subscribe. If you have any questions on any players want me to elaborate on, do not hesitate to reach out to me on Twitter. I love the interaction with you guys talking about these NFL players, sharing my thoughts. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.